have your Bibles today, we'll look in 1 Samuel chapter 17 this morning, 1 Samuel chapter number 17 today. A very familiar passage we want to read beginning in verse number 20 this morning. In your hearing, we'll ask you if you will stand to your feet today. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 20. We want to preach on this thought today from this text. Uh, a salute to service. A salute to service. Thinking about our veterans fulfilling their duty and honor to our country. 1 Samuel 17, verse 20. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to fight and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistians had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. Let's skip down to verse 32. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. Verse 37. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go and the Lord be with thee. Again from this text, a salute to service. When David got there and saw his army and his brethren, the Bible says, he saluted them. Father, would you help us today to preach the word of God in the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit of God. Lord, would you be pleased to speak to hearts and encourage them today, Lord, against this giant that stands against them. Help us, Lord, to be victorious and more than conquerors, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Let's see the picture from this text. Israel is at war with the Philistines. They are gathered on one mountain, Israel is, and on the other mountain there is the Philistines gather and in the valley down below 
is where the fight or the battle is going to take place and the battle is set in order. On the first day of that gathering, there came out a champion, Goliath by name, nine feet tall, three inches. He stepped out and he began to insult God and insult the armies of God and insult the king of Israel. He did so twice on the first day and the second day and the third day and the fourth day and so on until the 40th day he hurled his insults at the God of all glory. There was living in that area a man by the name of Jesse. Jesse had three sons that were in Saul's army. The oldest, the second oldest, and the third oldest. One day Jesse said to his wife, Honey, I wonder how things are taking place and happening down there at the battlefront. Our boys have been engaged in war for 40 days. I'd like to find out how they're doing. And so he called his youngest son, David. He put together a care package, if you will, and said, David, take this down to your brothers and tell me how things are going. I do not believe there's ever been a time in David's life when he was more excited to go than he was that day when the father said, go down and check on your brothers and take them this care package. I suppose that David had probably never been more than four or five miles away from home as he was always tending sheep. When David arrived that first day, when he jumped out of the carriage there, he delivered the care package, he saluted his brothers, he said hello to the army that was there, and that's when it happened. Old Goliath walked out into that trench one more time and he began to speak insults to God. He's sneering at God's plan. He is slandering God's purposes. He is scaring God's people. He is scoffing at God's promises. And verse 24, when all the men of Israel saw this giant, they were sore afraid and they fled from him. May I say a couple of things this morning before I preach? That there will be giants in your life and in my life that will hurl insults and will speak great things, and when we look at them, we've got to realize some things, that they are trying to appear invincible. This morning, there's a giant that's appearing in front of you and your family, and when you see it, it appears invincible. In fact, that giant will appear intimidating. Fear will, will blind us to the power of God. Fear will bind us and cause us to become paralyzed. Every giant is insistent that you make a choice of action and that you bow to them. And every giant will interrupt your focus and your service unto God. That's what that giant was trying to do as he hurled insults towards God and the armies of God was to intimidate and cause them to bow down. King Saul, who was cowering in fear, he had said, the man that kills this giant, I will enrich him with great wealth. The man that kills this giant, I will give him my very own daughter to be his wife. The man that kills this giant, I will free his family from all taxes and royalties in Israel. David went back, said to his brothers, who is this guy? 
Why is he defying the armies of our God? His oldest brother said, David, we know why you're here. You're here to try to put on a uniform and appear like you're a valiant warrior like we are, but you go back to your few sheep and get out of here. And David said, what have I done? Is there not a cause? And he said, I'll go and fight this man. Well, they took word back to King Saul and said, listen, there's a boy down here who says he's willing to fight. Saul said, go get him. Where is he? It's David. David steps out. Verse 32, he says to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Saul looked at him and said, thou art not able to go against this Philistine. You're but a youth. I mean, look at you, boy. You can't even grow a beard. Look at you, boy. You can't even grow a good mustache. And you're going to go fight this man that's been a man of war since his youth. You are not able. I suppose that to me, those are the four most popular words the devil uses against me all the time. He used those very words on Moses, thou art not able. He said, Moses, you stutter. Moses, you're not a good speaker. You're slow of speech. Moses, you're wanted as a fugitive down there in Egypt. You're not able to go down there and deliver the children of God. Can you hear Saul say to David, thou art not able. In my years of service to the Lord, I could not repeat to you the countless hundreds of times that the devil has spoke to me and said, you are not able. When I surrendered, I'm going to get tore up. When I surrendered to preach, the devil said, you are not able. One day God sent me to be a pastor and the devil said, you are not able. This church rose up, time to build. God led us and the devil said, you are not able to build and you're not able to meet this great $2 million debt. And every month and every week I hear his insults against my God and against the ministry of this church saying, you are not able to make this payment. You are not able to continue to stand. Why don't you just give up and quit? I want you to say, he attacked me when we started a school. He attacked me when we brought in the Hispanic church and launched that time and time again. And as I stand here this morning, that devil rings clearly in my ears and says, why are you getting up there to preach to them today? You are not able to declare the word of God to them. And it'll make no difference. If they hear you, they won't care. If they hear you, they've heard it all before. You are not able. So shut it down and go to the house is what the devil says. But I'm telling you this morning, every giant we face, we need to realize we need to expect God's going to give victory every time the giant hurls an insult, every time he makes an appearance, Every time he insults God, you ought to just expect that God is going to give you and I a great victory. Amen. I wrote down some things to do when you're confronted with a giant. Number one, you need to be resolute in your commission. 
Because that giant's going to intimidate you. That giant's going to insult you. That giant is going to try to cause you uh, to, uh, to bow to his presence and try to interrupt your service to God. You need to be resolute in your commission. Israel saw the giant and fled, but David saw the giant and then he saw God as greater and he stood for God in right. He said in verse 32, I will go and fight with this Philistine. You need to be resolute to stand in your commission against this giant. Number two, he was resolved before his critics. Verse 33, Saul said, Thou art not able. He was resolved. No matter what his brother said, go back home, tend to your sheep. You're prideful. You just want to wear a uniform. You don't belong here. His brother said he wasn't able. His king said he wasn't able. I'm telling you, honey, we have a cause to stand for God and right. Down at the Alamo, when Santa Anna came in and attacked the Alamo, and 189 men were killed, oftentimes the battle cry was this, Remember the Alamo! And men would give their hearts, their soul, their lives to the cause to make sure that that great Mexican general was defeated. In World War II, on December the 7th, 1941, Japan attacked Pearl Harbor, killing thousands of young men and women. And our soldiers, when we declared war, our soldiers would oftentimes on those islands that it didn't seem they were making much of a difference, their battle cry was, Remember Pearl Harbor. Do not forget. And there became a cause. How do y'all want to tell you today? We have the cause. Remember the cross of Jesus Christ. Remember the tomb is still empty. And there's nothing too hard for my God today. And today I salute every servant of a most high God that's on the battlefield. Don't give in to the giant that oppresses you today. Be resolved before your critics. Number four, reflect upon your past conquests as he's being discouraged. He, he says, listen, I remember there was a time that I was tending the sheep and a bear came and grabbed one of my sheep and I want you to know I ran up and I, the Bible says that he, look, look what it says. The Bible says that he smote him. In other words, he slapped him right through the face and he dropped the sheep right out of his mouth. And then a lion grabbed the sheep. And again, he said, I caught him by his beard. Look at it. The Bible says, I caught him by his beard and I smote him. You know what that means? That means he slapped him. Imagine grabbing a lion, roaring against you, and you grabbed him by his beard and said, you're a bad kitty. And then he slew him. Right? Then he, well, there needs to be some lion slapping going on. There's some giants roaring against you. You need to grab them by their beard and say, listen, this is what the word of God says. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Bless God, you leave me alone. There needs to be some line slapping done around here, amen. He says, this uncircumcised Philistine will be like the bear and be like the lion. The God of all glory, my Lord and my Savior, delivered me from the paw of the bear and from the paw of the lion and he's going to deliver me from the attacks and the insult and the onslaught of this old giant. 
Amen. Amen. Fourthly, he relied on the creator. Verse 37 says, the Lord is going to be the one that delivers me. And look what King Saul said. David, go and the Lord be with thee. Now we know what happened. King Saul said, we got to protect you, boy. He put this armor on him, put all this armor on him, and there was so much stuff on him. It was so big, he couldn't hardly even walk in it. And he said, listen, I can't preach like old so-and-so. I can't sing like old so-and-so. Ain't no use of me trying to deliver their message. I'm just going to go with what God gave me. I'm going to go down here. I know how to throw with a sling. I'm going to pick up five smooth stones. I'm going to carry my staff, and I'm going to go forward with God in the battle. And I know they thought that boy is absolutely stonewall crazy. But he said, this is what God called me to do. Fifthly, and I'll be done. This is where we're going to anchor. You need to be ready when you face the giant you need to be ready for the challenge. Here comes David with his sling, his stone, and his staffs, and the, and the staff, and the Spirit of God's with him. And the great champion of the Philistians comes forth. And here comes a little lad running across the valley. The giant said, what an insult. He said, you sent out to me a, a baby. I'll break him apart. I'll, I'll feed that boy to the vultures. But David just kept on coming. And David just kept on running. And he looked up in the face of a giant that was nine feet, three inches tall. He says, I come to thee in the name of the Lord God Almighty. And he took that stone out, honey, and he let that go with a sling. And the Holy Ghost made it and drove it right through the forehead of the skull of that giant. And he... Pushed him down, amen, and he fell on his face before David. And David went and jumped on top of the giant. And because he didn't have his, his very own sword, <clears throat> he took the giant's sword and chopped off the giant's ha head and held it by the hair of the head, amen. Listen, he looked around. I think this is what he thought. Any one of y'all, other Philistians hiding back there, Goliath's got four brothers. Well, you just come on. I got four more rocks left, and I'm ready to sling a few more. That's what you need to tell your giant. You just keep it coming, honey. I'm going to slap you through the face. I'm going to stand against you. God's going to give me the victory. And any other giants that wants to step out, come on ahead. I've got four more stones prepared. You're going to drop down too, amen. And the whole Philistine army tucked tail and began to run. <clears throat> May I say that David only used one-fourth of his uh, ammunition. And the devil said, you ain't able. King Saul said to the flesh, you're not able. He said, honey, I'm going to stand up and preach one-fourth of what God gave me and it'll get more than what God wants done. I begin to think, I believe in all my heart right now is the greatest hour that the church is being challenged by the devil. The devil is challenging. I'm going to tell you what he's challenging he is challenging whether I am able to stand up here and preach the gospel. He is challenging if you're going to hear the gospel. He is challenging if you're going to stand and share Jesus Christ. Do you actually believe the Bible is the infallible, inerrant, inspired word of God? 
Mm, I feel that welling up in me. The devil is challenging whether you believe it or not. He's challenging whether you really believe in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. He is challenging, do you believe that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation? Yes, I do. Realize that this morning, the church is facing more giants than we've ever known. There is more worldliness that the church is facing today than any other time in all of history. And yet I've never seen a time when people in the church have no faith. The Bible says in Luke 18.8, when the Lord comes back, will he find faith? F-A-I-T-H on earth. What will he find? He did not say, will he find industry? Will he find banks going bankrupt? Will he find corrupt politicians and crooked elections? You see, the fear that gripped the hearts of Israel's army back in that day is the same fear that's sweeping the hearts of God's children this morning. Fear makes a coward out of God's army, but faith makes a conqueror out of the smallest of God's children. Goliath said to David, Thou art but a lad, you are but a youth. Saul said, You're not able, you're too young. But David's faith made him bigger than Goliath was tall. This morning, we must conquer the giant that is called fear. Aaron, when the children of Israel were released from bondage in Egypt, after 400 years of oppression, Moses went upon the mountain to get the word of God. And Aaron had all the people below take their earrings and their gold and melted it down and made a golden calf for the people to worship. God said, Moses, go thee down. There's a sound of war in the camp. The people should have faith, but something's going on, not faith. Moses went down and he saw them naked and dancing and partying and worshiping with a golden calf. He said, hey Aaron, come here. What's going on here? He says, well, I don't know, man. We just threw gold in this pot under a fire and holy cow. Presto, there it was. We started worshiping. Why did you do this thing, Aaron? You know what he said? Because of the fear of the people. That's why I did it. Elijah went upon Mount Carmel and he stood bravely by faith and defeated 400 prophets of Baal. Prayed and God sent a fire down. Licked up the stones and the dirt and the water in the trench and consumed the sacrifice. And God gave the man of God a great victory. But Jezebel, the queen, she put out a threatening letter against Elijah. And when he heard about it out of fear, he tucked his tail and began to run and laid down under a juniper tree, ready to quit. It's amazing how one day you'll have faith and the next minute here comes fear. And fear calls you to cower and to hide. Jonah was called, Jonah, I want you to go preach to Nineveh, that great city that people might be saved. That revival might come, but out of fear, Jonah ran the other way. 
I'm talking to somebody today, you have fear. There are thousands and hundreds of thousands of God's children that are dismayed, that are frustrated, and they're defeated because of fear. That day and age in which we lived is filled with frustration, tension, unrest. It seems like men are ready for a breakdown. I know a boy, I was reading about him this week, owned a, 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 a cryptocurrency type company. On Monday, he was worth $16 billion. By Thursday afternoon, he's worth nothing. He had to declare bankruptcy. You see, I'm afraid that you get your paycheck and you go down to the bank and you just deposit it, boom, there it is. And I did not drive down the street and see you like this. I did not pull over and have a conversation with you this week and say, what, what, are, you, what are you fretting about? What are you? Oh, I gave my paycheck to that bank over there and them banks are failing. I gave my paycheck to some girl behind a desk that I didn't even know. I don't even, I didn't talk to any. You've got more faith and money than you do in the master. Oh, preacher Darren, I just don't know if I really got her. Preacher Darren, I don't think I, preacher. You gave your soul to Jesus Christ. He saved your soul, forgave your sins, called you to be a child of God, and here you are worrying absolutely to death. You've got more faith in the Congress than you do in Christ. Well, what we need is a new Congress. What we need is a new Senate. What we need is a new president. Honey, I'll tell you what you need. You need faith. God can do the impossible despite of who's in the White House, who's in the Senate, who's in the Congress, who sits on the Supreme Court seats. Amen. God is still able. Here's our problem. We are not prepared in our homes and in our churches to stand against the giant. We cower in fear. I would remind you that the church has been bought and purchased by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the church should have as much power today as she's ever had in our history. But we've lost our faith that God can still do all things. We've lost our faith that God could still do all things through us if we would stand for him. David was not the only one that ever stood against a giant. Preacher, who else did? Abraham stood. Abraham, go and sacrifice thy son. Right? And he went to bring his son up to Mount Moriah and the Bible says the Lord stopped him. From, what about that? Noah was facing the giant of ridicule. God's going to send a flood. Ha, ha, you old fogey, you old fool. They mocked him. Noah stood. Moses faced the giant of pleasure and the giant of riches. And he said, I had rather have the reproach of Christ than the pleasures of sin for a season. I'd rather have the, the, the reproaches of Christ than all this world has to offer. Samson had to overcome the giant of passion. Thomas had to overcome the giant of doubt. I don't know what the giant is in your life, but God wants to give you victory. That great giant was nine foot three inches tall. He was strong, proud. He was defiant. You have an old nature that you face today. It's a giant in your life. And I just want to serve notice that when the giant comes against you, expect victory. People say, oh, preacher, and it's impossible. My giant's too big. My giant's too strong. My giant's, my, my giant's have noticed my lack of experience. My, my lack 
of equipment, my lack of enablement. Honey, my Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, without faith, it is impossible to please God. My Bible says being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. My Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. My Bible says let him ask in faith, not wavering. One day the Lord stood before a hungry multitude and he says to his disciples, what have we to feed the multitude? They went out, you have anything, do you have anything? And a lad said, I have a few fish and a few loaves. And they brought them back to Jesus. And they said, there is a lad here. A lad reminds me of David. He has two fish and five barley loaves. The Lord said, that's enough. And they said, but what if they among so many? In other words, we're not able. In other words, Lord, you're not able. He said, you boys just step back. Father, I thank you. He began to bless it. And then he took it and began to break it. And he handed out to his disciples and to their bewilderment, to their amazement, they were able to feed the entire multitude that they all got fat and sassy and they took up 12 baskets full, filled of leftovers, amen, and the disciples could not figure out how in the world when they thought Jesus couldn't that he still can let me say to you, honey, Jesus still can provide for you. Jesus still can supply you. Jesus still can give you victory over the giant that you face today. In the mind of the average Baptist, we are so little. I'm so little. Bethel's so little. What can my family, what can our church do against the forces of evil? Honey, do you have the power of God upon you or not. If you do, God saved you, you do. You're to step forward and use what God gave you. Go get your sling, pick up them five stones and get ready to walk out of the trench and expect God to do a miracle and slay your giant before your very face. God has given you that kind of ability today. Now, the tragedy is this, that because of fear, oh, I'm afraid of the woke crowd. I'm afraid I might offend somebody. I'm afraid somebody might say something insulting to me and hurt my feelings. It's amazing how nowadays in our country, people will stand boldly for their sin. And when it's time for us to stand for our salvation, and for our Savior, we cower in fear. The world cannot have more faith in worldliness and humanism and, and atheism than the church has faith in God. That cannot be so today. You hear me? This Goliath was an atheist who stood and defied God. So I want to ask you a question this morning. I'm done. What is the giant you're facing today? Is it fear? Is it health, sickness? Is it suffering? Is it in your family? Is it a struggle? Is it doubt? Are you worried about what's going on? Do you have a fear of what's happening in your friends? Do you have a fear this morning of 
tomorrow. There's no giant that I'll face today or tomorrow where God's not able to give me the victory. He gives me the courage, the strength, and the joy to stand and face the giant in the trenches. If that were not so, I would not have showed up this morning. I would have listened at the house when the devil said, you are not able. I would have listened at the house when the devil said, they do not care. I would have listened at the house when it said, you waste your time. But I came anyway because I believe that God of glory sent his son to save me. And I believe he sent me here to preach to you, to tell you he's more than able. You stand to your feet. Preacher, I'm facing a real giant right now. I want you to pray for me. I have a physical problem. I have a financial problem. I have a crisis in the home, Preacher Darren. I don't know what it is, but I believe this. God wants you to have victory over this thing today. God wants you to be set free of this attack and of this fear and of this oppression that the devil's put on you today. I'm wondering, is there someone you need to come and bow on your knee and say, oh God, I face a giant. He's huge. He's strong. God, you're bigger. Lord, will you use me to stand and to seek God's face against this great giant? Would you, anybody else, you need to come right now. I believe God's speaking to hearts. I really do. God's speaking to hearts right now. Father, as we bow in your presence, I'm thankful for the story of David defeating that giant. If David had never stood against that giant, he would never have been the king that you called him to be. But because he stood in faith, you caused him to be more than conqueror and you gave him great victory over the insult and the onslaught of the enemy. Father, I'm thankful that you showed us today when the devil says and the flesh says, Thou art not able. They're right. I am not able. But God is able. My God is more than able. Lord, today help us then that your people, Lord, might have victory. And this morning I bow to salute their service unto God our King as they stand to conquer and defeat giants in their pathway. And Lord, I pray you'd give victory and you'd give a triumph for it's in Jesus' worthy name that we do ask and pray. Amen and amen. I told him I'd do it if he'd let me preach. Lord, you're worthy and you're more than able, God, to give us victory over the giants in our life. And 
I praise you and I extol you and I magnify your name above and before all these people. May my God be praised for he's worthy of all praise. In Jesus' name, may he receive honor. Oh, magnify and praise his holy name. God's able and he's done it one more time. Amen.